that oh hey alice thanks for uh popping in we're just having a little jim jamboree up up in this up in this place this uh spatial uh indescript place where we all are you always meet alice you know you come to the <laughs> party and you know things are gonna be how they are you didn't know they're going to be like they are today. Yeah, you weren't ready for that. That knocked your socks off. I hope Alice was wearing longer socks than I am. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're just like ba barely hanging on to her toes. Like, like they're not completely off. They were long enough <laughs> that it like, she's able to grab the very like edges of it with her toes. Um, first thing I want to talk to you guys about today, um, I've been right. thinking about like, um, getting a GameCube and like, I just have a lot of nostalgia right now. I want to play the games I played when I was a kid. What, what are th like, what are those gems for you guys that like, um, that like you remember back really fondly that like. Uh, particularly the ones that inspired your art, like in how you do things across all mediums, music, uh, video games, movies, books. I think by uh, age range, I'm going to let BD take this one off the cuff because I'm going to be going way far back with these so we can work our way back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Uh... Like going um, as far back as I can remember, um, as a really young child, my first gaming system was uh, a Sega Genesis. So Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, that cartoony style of, of video games really appealed to me for a very long time. And um, then it moved on to Earthworm Jim, and that's where I, I started really getting into more of the the darker side of things and uh really enjoying dark humor um so earthworm jim really was like that first game that really um kind of cemented an art style and uh honestly music too because there was that one level where you go to heck and you fight heck the cat and uh it had God, what was what was the uh, the theme? It was Night on Bald Mountain. They had Night on Bald Mountain playing while you fight Heck the Cat, and it was just the greatest uh, experience for me as a what like six year old playing Earthworm Jim. 
Did um I, I played one on on Game Boy? What did you say you're playing it on Genesis? Yeah, Sega Genesis. Okay. Yeah, so I guess it was probably a little bit. I got like a uh like a later version of it, but um yeah, that's a great game. It's funny because um you said Sonic, and I already know you grew up on One Piece and Kingdom Hearts also, which is yeah. like that is my story basically is like I, sonic the hedgehog one piece and kingdom hearts is what i grew up on as well pretty much the same here uh but with a lot more nickelodeon cartoons mm. uh i mean basically invader zim. a lot of invader zim that was my favorite show growing up mm-hmm. uh and, and i'm sure it's a, a lot of people's favorite show um uh, but specifically Invader Zim, it's the one show where I would go to great lengths just to watch it. Yeah. Uh, like when my family would go camping, I would try and track down the only TV that was on the uh, the campground just to watch the new episode mm-hmm. of Invader Zim. Nice, nice. Yeah, that was a big one for me too. Um, hmm, what else? What about, okay, okay. Going back further, like little kid, like when you were really little, like Blue's Clues, stuff like that. What? I actually didn't watch a, a whole lot of Blue's Clues as a, a really little, because um, that came out already when I was okay, yeah. in like mid-elementary school. So right, Blue's right, Clues right. wasn't cool. But here's the secret. I'm not cool. So <laughs> I still watched it anyway. Fuck yeah. Uh, Blue's Clues is this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. When you're stuck at home uh, during the week and the only thing that's on TV is either Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, you don't really have a chance or a choice to watch anything else but PBS. So you'd basically get either Barney or Mr. Rogers and sometimes Arthur, which was tight. Um, Arthur. But, yeah, yeah, Arthur's the shit. But um then you would have stuff like uh, uh, Nickelodeon had Little Bill. And I really liked Little Bill because it, it still carried that kind of Hey Arnold vibe. It um, had a creepy art style. <laughs> yeah, well, Little I mean, Bill when you put the pudding in the cup. <laughs> like himself, that character, he yeah. looks kind of creepy, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, he, he was accused of a lot of rape stuff. So <laughs> you know what, you know how it goes. But uh, as, as far as bill goes like he he created a lot of uh interesting things at the time in the um the the late 80s into the 90s and and he actually contributed a lot to society so when we look at one thing we got to look at the other side of it and like with uh lil bill i really appreciated that show at that time because Mm -hmm. it gave me a different perspective on uh, a lot of things and it helped me grow in a different direction that i probably would have i watched a lot of um god i haven't thought about this in a long time but you're like bringing back memories that reminds me i used to watch a lot of nick at night do you know you remember that like oh yeah so so there was like there was like the cosby show you remember that one not like little bill but like the cosby show yeah yeah and i remember that there was fresh prince and there was the George Lopez show. Oh, God. <laughs> a lot of awful trash sitcoms. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess for a long time I consumed a lot of like really awful media just because I didn't know what else was out there when I was a little yeah. kid. 
And, and essentially that's what we do as, as children when it comes to TV. It's just whatever is available to us. We don't necessarily know how to gauge our own interests or morality yet. So we just tend to pick whatever is flashy or makes us uh, pay attention the most. And in the case of like Nick at Night, it was still family oriented program. So it made it made it easier for a lot of families to just be like, okay, let's put on Nick at night. It's got stuff that I used to watch back in the sixties, the seventies and the eighties. And that just made it easier for families as a, as a whole. And especially families who um, for the most part, weren't part of the, uh, the general society. Um, a lot of the latchkey kids kind, kind of folk like myself uh, who we're raised on just Nickelodeon and Nick at night. <laughs> another another thing that, that comes into play there that you bring up is the availability factor. When I was a kid coming up, cable existed, but we didn't, you know, my dad didn't get cable till I was, I, hell, I think I was out of high school. You know, he didn't get it for, yeah. he got it for him, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we had, what, two, four, five, eight, seventeen, which was Fox's of fox's affiliate here and before it was 17 it was 30 which became upn um and then there was like 39 which was like the religious channel you know and you could find some fuzzy stations but really that was it you know and so cartoon wise your afternoon cartoons came on channel 17 and that was it yeah you know um your saturday morning came on your prime time that was your two four five now, a key thing was, is Channel 30, which after it wasn't Fox anymore, which was that oddball station, that, that semi-local, you know, or I mean, they're all local, but it was like that, you know, UHF, you know, and uh, they, um, they did what was called Saturday Anime, and that's where I really got turned on to anime, and it was very, it was a very short-lived thing. What channel? And, uh, I think it was I think it was Channel 30 that did it, and I don't know if they were UPN at the time, but that was Channel 30 here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And Saturday Anime, I saw classics, you know, stuff that Robot Carnival, you know, things that you know. I talk to people that, that are into anime now, and they've never even heard of, or they, if they're myth to them, you know. Um, and you had that, that was the only counter I had to the standard Smurfs, the Hanna-Barbera, the, you know, Looney Tunes, which they showed, and a lot of us didn't really understand, except, you know, when my parents would tell me, you know, all of these merry melodies and stuff, these were mainly from um, movie reels. Like, Tom and Jerry was one of my favorite. Tom and Jerry's probably always been one of my favorite just straight cartoons of all time. And it literally comes from the era of, you know, you go to the movie and you spend hours in that movie because you're seeing a newsreel, a cartoon, because it, there was no television or there wasn't television so mainstream. You fast forward ahead, you have television with a, a few channels, so we're able to see reruns of things. And like you're saying, the Nick at Night, Nick at Night was retro to me, whereas I saw shows that they were showing um back when they were being replayed in the 80s on like channel 17 on the substations you know bewitched uh i dream of genie you know andy griffith showed i mean they played that 
for the Andy Griffith show, I think to this day is probably still played somewhere on some TV station. I think TV Land has like I Dream of Jeannie and like um, all that stuff too. My sister's really into yeah. like that really old shit, like Twilight Zone and I Dream of Jeannie. The old Twilight Zones are great. Yeah. Oh favorite. man, I think I've they, seen all of them actually. They rehashed oh, yeah. them in the eighties, in the eighties, and and they were in color, you know, and they just mm. those sucked. Yeah, they just didn't have the, <laughs> they, did. they just didn't have the you know they just didn't scare you. The old black and white ones would just scare you. I'd be a kid just blown away, and it was all psychological horror. I wasn't afraid of the of the the, the axe murderer or the witch. You know, I was like, New, even, I, I didn't even know what I was afraid of. You know? New Twilight Zone is very in the vein of like it feels like Troll Two. Yeah, it, it's it's that hokey kind of horror that it appeals right. to uh, the cult right. yeah. uh, horror crowd and and right. like Twilight Zone had that really awesome um, that old vintage feel that that just really pulled you in. Yeah, and it felt spookier than just uh, Troll Two. Yeah, yeah, you Twilight had, Zone had it had it well, down. You had, you had real symphony ensembles playing pieces mm. so you had all that creepy real ambient music that just worked with it you know because definitely you know. and yeah that's what you're saying i mean I, you know the it wouldn't even matter what the story was about in the old twilight zones as much as the haze that was around the way they were telling it you know mm. it's just this utter doom and slight suspense and just fear you know they knew how to just lay a nice coating of fear on top of it <laughs> yeah it's like dread and terror yeah. kind of yeah i don't horror. even i don't even know what i'm supposed to be scared of i'm only three minutes into this episode <laughs> that was back out. when that's what that was back when things were scary before jump scares were invented right? yeah yeah like jump scares are probably the worst thing about modern film because they it it's a cheap scare you're not really scaring yeah. someone you're just like saying boo a roller coaster yeah. once yeah. you've been on it you've been on it and the only way you can get somebody can every now and again you'll see somebody reinvent it in a certain way in a movie i was just thinking that, will that. catch you but once yeah. you get to a certain point with them you're going all right here it comes here it comes here it comes bam i caught it you know uh-huh and then even like yeah like i was just watching some like horror movies the other day and it's like even when they'll like you're just saying if like they'll do that thing where it's like um you thought there was going to be a jump scare here, but there wasn't. Right. And it's like, huh. But I don't think anyone at that at that moment, no one is watching that goes, um, who? I guess there isn't a jump scare now. Right, right. You still know it's coming. Like and You're like, oh, I see. Y'all just delayed it. Now it's going to be yeah. around this corner. Uh-huh. Oh, exactly. no, it's going to be when he, oh, oh, the camera's at his back now. When he turns around, that's where the jump scare is because it wasn't on that first shot coming around it's we, that itself has become a trope where it's like right. who i guess they was just the wind and then she turns around you know yes. oh no it's the cameraman yeah <laughs> the, the a24 movies are really guilty of that uh these days mm -hmm. like they they use the symphony in a, a way that they build a lot of suspense to those movies and it just by the time that the scare actually gets there you're too tired to even care. Uh, yeah, you're like, whatever. I, I love those movies. Don't get me wrong. They are some of the most disturbing works of art that I have seen. Uh, but 
that they did something else to the horror genre that uh i haven't seen before and it was refreshing at first and now it's just kind of like okay let's let's get some actual scares going what what series are you talking about uh there's like um a24 that's a production company right yeah it's the production company that did midsummer and uh oh oh uh, hereditary hereditary like don't get me wrong i love those movies they're scary as hell but Mm -hmm. they're scary because they're super disturbing right to the point of where it's almost hard to watch that's yeah it's very i mean i would say that's that's the entire point really right yeah like he he made it so so disturbing that it's like i mean i think it's he probably does that for replay value right because it's like there's a sick fuck side of us all that that wants that remembers how fucked up it was and then you go back and watch it like i don't know i don't know maybe that that it's you know what you know what it is it appeals to a niche it's not that everybody's like that it's that the people that are going to like this are going to really like it and then people that don't don't like it aren't going to watch it to begin with i think yeah it's kind of like uh the the horror porn genre with um hostile have you ever seen those no, I'm not a big slasher person. I've seen, I've seen some of that. I stuff. saw Hostel way back when it came out. Yeah, Hostel is. I, I try not to turn off movies or leave the movie theater, uh, because I'm a very cheap person, and if I <laughs> yeah. pay for something, I'm gonna watch it all the way through. Now, mm-hmm. Hostel Two was the only movie that I've actually walked out of the theater, and uh, so I, I gotta say torture porn just really isn't my thing i've watched a lot of horror movies i've seen a lot of torture porn movies like that and i mean there's people that enjoy it and i get it but it's not my thing yeah like they're just killing and making like uh, it's not my thing i know exactly what you mean i like pan's labyrinth not terrifier right yes oh i love terrifier don't get me wrong art the clown is one of the scariest (laughs) imaginations i saw saw pan's labyrinth and um when hostel came out i was impressed by it because when it came out it was kind of a and i understand what you're saying on that b it's it was definitely not my cup of tea as far as really watching that i'm not i'm not into it but it doesn't affect me you know what i'm saying it's it's i'm not into it so i could watch it i wasn't impressed by that but i was impressed by them using that story you know because i hadn't that was kind of new it was at least a new twist on that you know and around that time i had seen a a buddy of mine was really in a lot of not necessarily horror he was in a lot of like slasher i guess kind of stuff and um I was I was always in a lot of um, crime movies, crime drama or crime, you know, action crime, stuff like that. So I think gore or brutality in something, it's like it's like profanity. You can overdo it and then it makes it cheap, yeah. you know, but if it's done just right, like Saving Private Ryan, when that came out, the, you know, the beach scene going in, that was one of them at the time. I saw that in a movie theater, and at the time, that was one of the most bloody, brutal scenes ever put that graphic on the, on the big screen like that, you know, the intensity of that, you know, and I've seen some pretty graphic movies before that, but nothing with that kind of production value, 
you know, and I remember watching that and I was blown away by the intensity of that myself, not because I was just, you know, oh my God, it's appalling, but that, that was out. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Y'all y'all actually put that out, you know? Yeah. And they really did push the envelope with Saving Private Ryan. That was another really good film that um, the, the gore and the intensity of the, the score really, really in, like brought it all together. And um, <clears throat> in the sense of uh, the intensity of some gore in movies, like you have the, the necessary gore like in uh, Saving Private Ryan, where obviously you're watching a war movie. There's going to be gore. There's a point to it. Exactly. There's a point to the gore. And then you have a movie like Brain Dead, um, which has another another name that it passes my mind. But it's one of those uh, just really gross out horror genres that's pus flying everywhere heads popping off of things and it's gore just for the sake of gore and then to get a laugh is at the same time and i see the point in it and it's it's funny but at the same time it it starts to lose its meaning and it's just like i'm i've become desensitized to what i'm watching now mm -hmm. please stop i think some of these things aren't revolving around making good stories. Like if you look at something like Transformers, it's about the special effects. So like if you go into a gore movie, it's you're you're going into it for the special effects really, just to like how how good did of a job did they do it. Like like Walking Dead is I think I think that's an excellent example of like a phenomenal uh, special effects makeup and stuff like that. Well, there's also the idea that it got it got so to the point of the cheesy acting became part of the genre, and not that's true. That's not true. just because they put all their budget into the effects. Yeah, you know, and because you've got some in the horror genre. I mean, you've got suspense horrors that were you know major. You know, Silence of the Lambs. You know, people don't look at that as like a horror slasher film, but really, I mean, that's a pretty brutal, brutal horror film. You it's know, when you think about it. Yeah. It's, it's also a psychological horror in a lot yeah, of right. ways. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that's the term I guess I was looking for, the psychological or thriller, psychological mm -hmm. crime thriller, yeah. you know. And, but I mean, that alone, you know, and I was talking to somebody the other day about that. Hannibal, you know, he is portrayed... In that, and that was the that wasn't the first film they did a you know a manhunter years before that, but it did it very big. But that was really the first big film where the world got introduced to Hannibal and on a, a digestible level, and that's a very funny thing for me to say about Hannibal. But <laughs> um, I got your pun there, right? <laughs> um, but they set him up in this film to be i mean he was a brilliant you know doctor he was a brilliant person you know he's very intelligent but they put the psychosis so much in your head that you completely overlook the brutality of his escape and that he's an older man but he overpowers physically overpowers the guards and brutally does what he does and nobody even really 
by that point in the film, you don't think twice about that because by then you understand that somebody's, you know, psychological state can really drive their physical, you know, and it's not so much that he was a big guy or had a very big build and was very strong or healthy. It was that he was a psycho, a psycho, you know, he was psychotic and he would, <laughs> he was very used to grabbing hold of somebody and, you know, cutting her face off and putting it on his face and, you know, but the one thing about that movie, I said, people overlook the escape. And that's one of the most brutal escapes in any film ever. You know, he cuts the guard's face off and puts it on himself so he can get wheeled out. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty brutal. Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> Yummy. With, a nice, <laughs> with fava beans and a nice Chianti. Okay. All right. All right. Question for both of you. Top three anime, go. Oh, uh, give me just a moment. Because <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of anime that I watched. Uh, I just took a bite of something. I'll go oh, first. Oh, nice. I'll go um, first. Yeah, you go first. Uh, Kogias, um, Monogatari, and. Dun, 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 dun. Um, hmm, this is a hard question. I thought <clears throat> I just sprung this on you guys, not not thinking about how difficult it would be to answer. Ah, uh, are we talking series like TV series? Or are we talking movies? If you like want to, if you want to pick a uh, movie, that's fine. Yeah, I imagine movie would be would be good for this uh but i'm just gonna go ahead and say um i really liked uh blue gender growing up it was one of those like super futuristic sci-fi horror uh thriller animes that just mm -hmm. it it was my first and yeah, i fell in love with it same thing with inuyasha another one of my first uh it really kind of put me into that mode of um being a japanophile and liking all things that are from the land of the rising sun hence my background and wanted have, to tongue part punch <laughs> your fart box uh, i have never heard the term japanophile japanophile you've never <laughs> I, heard that term i've heard japaname i used to say japaname <laughs> and i don't you know I, i'm not even sure we could say that anymore I, I'll get offended. That, that's a new one. Yeah, Japan, Japanophile is anyone who uh, just loves anything Japanese, and that's synonym for weeaboo. Basically, yeah, it's just a, a weeb, yeah. uh, someone who is is not Japanese but generally likes really, Japanese really stuff. wants me. to be, really wants to be. And you know what? Yeah. I, I feel like in a past life I was uh, <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think every young man comes to that that, that uh, point in their life. I got taken out by an atomic bomb. It's like I wish I had Sharon gone in the katana. I wish I was Goku. <laughs> I wish I had a big titty anime girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's really all it is. <laughs>
Um. Well, where are so? Did you get? Did you get through your three, Alex? Okay, Kogias, uh, Monogatari, and for the sake of time, I'm gonna say Clanid. Have you guys seen that one? Which one? Clanid. Clanid? I haven't seen Clanid. I just know that it, uh, of his existence. Yeah. And you'll hear that a lot from me. It's um, it's it's not. Uh, it's it's basically just um, a story about a guy and a girl that fall in love in high school, and then. Mm it carries on into like the future, like they get married and like, I think it spans like 10 years and nothing supernatural or anything wacky. It's just, that's it. And it's very simple and it is really good though. <laughs> Skater boy, but uh, high school anime. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you were my, blue gender and then blue gender. And uh, you said, Inuyasha. Um, and then my third one is kind of like a, a, a tie between One Piece and Shin-Chan. Mm. Yeah. I really like Shin-Chan. It's that stupid, mm -hmm. basically kindergartner humor. Um, and it's just, it was hilarious. It was funny enough to be on Adult Swim for a minute and... Um, but after that, I ended up seeking it out myself and just watching the whole thing in Japanese. That what uh, was your <laughs> what was your favorite number one favorite One Piece episode? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's hard to say because here's, here's the thing about that: <laughs> so little happens in one episode of One Piece. Like nothing yeah. fucking happens in one episode. Right. Hey. If you figure out your favorite One Piece episode, I'll figure out my favorite Dragon Ball episode. It's it's one and the same. That, I was going to say, it's the same thing. <laughs> you, essentially, like with One Piece, you like the arcs, not necessarily mm. the individual episodes. Yeah. So like right now, I'm in the, the Wano arc, and it's it's the Japanese-themed one. Ooh. It's it's not the, the Halloween one or... Uh, yeah, the French yeah. one. This is the Japanese one. So, you know, for me, it's like, oh, this is cool. They're wearing the traditional stuff and the, the buildings are in the, the architecture of a place that I enjoy. You know, B, really cool. you just actually explained a lot more about that show to me than I realized in that oh, yeah. statement right there. I might actually be able to watch it now because it's oh, kind of throwing it, me the hell off. It's it's such a great anime. It like, is really to be good. honest, uh, I mean, it, I was enjoying it when I was watching it, but it's kind of like you're saying that. But you saying that it makes it actually make more sense to me as how they is what's going on. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're essentially traveling the world. They're right. they're not staying in just like one region. It's not like Pokemon where you go to a different region and it's different Pokemon. No, these are entirely different regions of the world. These are entirely different countries and there's different things happening in these countries and Luffy and his crew just so happens to be there. And even though pirates are supposed to be these evil people that raid and pillage things, oh, no. for some reason, no, the no. straw hats are just the greatest pirates and they help people. And you know, I love them. I do love how like, like the straw hats are super lighthearted and like, like um, they're the good guys, yeah. but like especially when you get into the later stuff like past fishman arc past thriller bark um like 
Luffy has. You're gonna start her. spoiling the show for me, aren't you? Well, I mean, <laughs> this show, this show is like as old as I am, so I. I it is. It's, it's, a, it's okay. I can do that. I can yeah, do that. Yeah. 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 Wait till I start talking about my favorites. So, <laughs> so Luffy, Luffy has like turf. Like he has islands that are under his gang territory. That's yeah. like, and it, like, like he. Like there's a lot of, I mean, he's a pirate. They do steal shit, so it's like I love that it's like such a lighthearted series. But then if you if you think about it for just a second, they don't have altruistic uh, intentions. Luffy wants to be king of the pirates, and yeah, he's a, you, he just so happens to be a good guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he has his altruistic intentions. He he definitely does himself. Yeah. He's actually a good person, and that's what makes Luffy such a likable character. But uh, there's the other. On. He's a good dude, but he does have his ambition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not his his strict ambition that he wants to be the king of the pirates, but he's not going to go go against being a good person. Yes, I think that's true. He'd probably yeah. give up his dream if it if it meant being. If it conflicted with his morals, no, seems, Luffy seems, would never give up his dream. That's even the one if he thing had about to do Luffy. something really awful. Uh huh. Luffy okay. would never do it because that's he set out to do that. He set that's out true. to become the that's king true. of the pirates, and he knows what it what's going to take to be the king of that's, the pirates. You're right. He's had to. Just a few I've watched. That's one of the things I've kind of picked up on. I think what they're trying to get across with that character. Yeah. Of why he's a pirate, but at the same time, yes, he's good. It's kind of saying, you know, you're your moral intentions and how you're brought up or what you're naturally driven to do isn't going to change, but that doesn't necessarily always shape your desire. Yes. And, and, and that's why Luffy has a crew so that if there's something he's not able to do, they're able to step in and take over for him. Like, Oh, I go up your ass. My homeboy will. That's exactly it. You know, you have Sanji who he won't fight a chick, but Zoro, he will. He'll fight a, a woman. He he'll don't care. Cut, he'll cut her in half so bad that she'll never be able to put herself back together again. <laughs> she'll cut. He'll cut her in half so bad she won't notice that she's cut. Yeah. And then she's well, like, actually, no, no, no. We got to recognize Brooke. Now, Brooke actually does do that. Do you wait? Hold on. No, Zoro did that. Do you remember? It Zoro was, has done that, but Brooke does that on a regular basis. He does his three step. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. He uh, does his that thing where he's just like talking and just walking. And while he's doing that within, uh, I think it's like three steps after three steps, they just die because he has somehow sped through the entire crowd, cut them all through their stomachs. And now they're bleeding out out of nowhere after he says some sort of rhyme or makes a skull joke. That's true. Oh Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) Brooke, Brooke is badass. He's a, he's true. actually he's the uh, the crew bard. Yo, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> may I see your panties? <laughs> Pumps. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, do you remember in in the fish at the end of uh, not fishman at the end of uh, Punk Hazard? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zoro's fighting that bird lady, and she's made of snow. Yes. And he cuts her soul in half, so she can't ever be a person again she's like just snow sliding on top of itself and she's always melting yeah that's just her life now (laughs) yeah she's just always going to be trying to put herself back together because she met zoro and and that's what just makes zoro so badass he's he's gonna be the world's greatest swordsman that's his goal and zoro's always been my favorite oh yeah 
Yeah. I like him. Uh, I like Sanji. And it's, and you'll really like Sanji when you get to the... Um, I gotta start the, watching it again. Yo, you do. Uh, Sanji in the Big Cake Island, uh, That that's where you really get a feel for who Sanji is as a person. Because throughout most of the the series you just see him as this perverted cook dude but there's a lot more to sanji that we don't know about and that comes out in big cake island and um then that carries on into the wano arc and sanji just becomes the biggest badass and it's just it's so wonderful it's like dragon ball but better i gotta catch up you do <laughs> i'm like i think i'm like 200 episodes behind again which happens every time i like look like turn around well, hey, that's the thing about One Piece because I still got sixty episodes to watch before I'm caught up. I've been watching this anime for God five years are they, now. Are they still in production? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're wow. still making the manga. The manga is only, uh, I think, three quarters done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oda is just—he's a god. That's all that there is to it. We still got a ways to go. Yeah. Hey, B, have you seen um, Demon Slayer? I have not. Uh, you have told me about Demon oh. Slayer, and I've seen a lot of um, things on the internet because I do spend a lot of time on the internet. But um, Demon Slayer is one that I haven't actually committed to or watched. Um, I guess maybe I'm just not ready for it because I I don't know. It's the hipster in me. I don't want to watch it when it's popular. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get it. The uh, hipster in you is the hipster in me. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, it takes. That's, that's from the song, um, Micro Beer Brew with Butterfly Wing. <laughs> it takes me, it takes like, um, something special for me to get into a shonen anime just uh-huh. because I'm so jaded. I've seen so much in my, my, my weeb days, you know? Um, and I, Demon Slayer really doesn't disappoint. That's good. <laughs> there's, there's some neat concepts in it. It's not like anything like it. I, I would say it, it takes the tropes and embraces them. There's not, um, it doesn't do anything that's going to blow your mind, but yeah. it's, um, it's just, it's a solid, it's just really solid. Um, I, is it anything like uh, Attack on Titan? I'm I'm gonna say no, but I might also that be show, biased because I don't like Attack on Titan. Okay, Attack on I, Titan was is unlike most any of the animes I've ever seen. I like the way Attack on Titan looks, but I'm not a fan of that show. I'm not a fan of that show. It's it's really hard for me to watch. Uh, not because of the gore or any of that. It, it's it's because to me it's boring. I was it gonna just, say it's it just takes not a good way. Show. Yeah, I, I actually fell asleep three times trying to watch it, and that's not good. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, but like you said, nothing happens. Yeah, like one anime that I put on specifically to fall asleep to is Mushishi. That's probably I fucking the most, love Mushishi. That's the most beautiful and another one that I never got to watch, but um, I still am really interested in. It's finding the the time to really dedicate to it uh is kaon oh yeah i haven't seen that one either i'm I'm familiar with it though yeah i've always wanted to watch it you know not necessarily because oh cute girls but because the music aspect of it 
and mm -hmm. it's people learning music and playing in a band and i've always wanted to see that uh there was another god what was it called it was on funimation channel years ago and it was very similar to k on in uh like the story setting and um but it it was about a band in japan and there was just something about it that it felt oh. great to watch um oh did they come to america i think they did did it have that song uh i i was made to hit in america yeah what, what the fuck was that called oh what was that of... yeah i i i watched that for like there was one summer where i basically watched that every day that was a good show on rerun pretty much yeah. but it was a great show and i really loved watching it and uh there was there was a lot of stuff on the funimation channel for a good minute that i really was into uh like triple x hollet uh i'm sure you've watched mm -hmm. that one i'm familiar with that i haven't seen it you haven't seen that one mm -hmm. it's that's, uh um, that's it's another one of those like demons uh oh. kind of like not necessarily fighting, but it's kind of in that same vein of like exercising demons and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, you were saying, uh, what was the one you were just saying? Demon Slayer? No. There's Ooh. another one. Mushishi? Uh, no, no. Uh, we were just talking about XX Holic. Oh, Sword Art? Sword Art, yeah, yeah. I did spend a good week in sword art just kind of uh watching that series so uh, that one i'm also familiar with and i enjoyed quite a bit i thought i thought xx holic was was like sword art it was one of those digital things no that's dot hack that's what yeah I that's dot hack i didn't watch yeah. a lot of dot hack that's one that i actually didn't get too much into okay yeah. i my opinion of sword arts is since i brought it up the first 14 episodes, not even the entire first season, the first arc where they're in yep. the first game is yep. the only good arc. It, I agree. I agree 100%. After that, it became contrived and it was uh, just kind of like they were well, rehashing also, the same thing over and over again. It lost all of the consequence because they don't fucking die. Yeah, they just they're overpowered and they just will never die. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a more recent anime um, that's on Funimation. And it's it's about a girl who puts all of her experience points into defense. So her entire character is just defense based. She can't attack. She can't do anything else but defend. And for some reason, that ends up making her one of the most OP characters <laughs> in the game. It's it's excellent. I, I really enjoy it. That's um, awesome. I just can't remember what it's called it's one of those really long names and it has something to do with uh she put all of her defense points or all of her experience points into defense because she's afraid of being attacked <laughs> <laughs> it's really good too it, it awesome. kind of gets that um that mmo vibe of mm. that you're looking for in an mmo where it's a sense of community and you pick up on that in that anime a lot and that's something that I've never been able to actually find in an MMO. Because um, mm. when I've played a lot of games, it's basically just been by myself. Um, yeah. 
so I play a lot of single player games. I've um I've been playing this game called Remnant. What's it called? Remnant? Yeah. Um it's a plus game right now on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. I uh, I currently am not on the PlayStation Plus, but I have seen about these uh the nine free downloads. Yeah. Um you you fight um it's interesting. You fight this stuff called the root and it's uh all trees all trees yeah it's it's really interesting um (laughs) like like there's this tree disease like that like they come from another planet or like another realm and they come in and like just infect everything kind of like last of us but like it's not like a virus it's like like they're Basically, like they'll just grab you and then like just form onto you, like form more, with you. More so like a symbiote. Like, yeah, like they have like tree. Yeah. yeah, exactly like a symbiote. They're like trees coming, sprouting out of them. Oh and, wow! Like, it's it's some crazy shit. You fight this giant Cthulhu tree, and oh, damn. It, it plays kind of like I hate making this comparison about anything, but it, it plays like Dark Souls, but with like guns. Um, and you get like a three-player party, and it's like cooperative play so me and uh lewis and phil have been playing that quite that's a cool. bit that's pretty cool yeah that's Are, crazy. have we have we added each other on playstation i don't i don't think we have i'm um why haven't we i don't i don't know i don't know i mean i don't generally play games with I anyone but <laughs> i don't get on a lot honestly but um and I, I don't mind giving this out to anyone watching. Uh, Alice, just don't do anything sneaky with it. Uh, I'm just, my, my name on PSN is just Adam Orth. Do you know who Adam Orth is? No. Who's Adam um, I was lucky enough to get like just Adam Orth without any numbers or anything. Nice. But um, that's, my, that's my account name on most things. Uh, Adam Orth was the guy... Do you remember when... Um, not this latest one, but when Xbox One was announced, they got a lot of flack because it was going to be an online-only system. You had to sign into your Xbox every 24 hours in order to use it. Like, you weren't, you weren't allowed to play it offline. Yeah, I remember That's, that. It was and, the DRM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam Orth was Microsoft... Or, uh, was Xbox um, press guy. Uh, and <laughs> someone tweeted to Microsoft, like, well, I live in a rural rural area. Like, how I'm, I'm not able to connect to the internet that often. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to play Xbox? And Adam Orth tweeted, hashtag deal with it. Hashtag always on. And and he got fired. Good. So, uh, oh man, me and like um, my Discord group that I would hang out with, we just talk about video games and shit. (laughs) We would just, we would just not stop memeing on him. And then I got that account and they were like, oh, (laughs) so so yeah, I have the Adam Orth account always on. Deal with it. <laughs> That's great. I heard. I heard nowadays he he goes around the country um, 
uh, giving lectures about online bullying and how he was the target of a hate campaign. And uh, he's like warning people about online bullying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Flip the script. I, I mean, I mean, yes and no. He, he was the target of harassment online, but this was harassment because of a policy that a company was not willing to let up on. So I, as much as it was Adam Orth being the PR guy and saying hashtag always on, he, you know, he was told to say that, that that was his job. Fair he, enough, yeah. he got fired because he did it because he caught flack for it. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't fire him, Microsoft would have caught more flack and yeah. then the sales would have gone to PlayStation. So as a PR move, they had to fire their PR guy. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just uh, took the bullet, huh? He did. He did. But, you know, to be fair, it came from his account. And he didn't have to be such a fucking asshole about it either. No, he's like, he hashtag deal with it. He didn't have like, to oh, fuck but, you. But, you know, Blizzard did the same thing. They really uh, was, was it. I think it was already two years ago at uh, BlizzCon. They were announcing uh, Diablo Diablo Immortal, I think it was. And it was their on their their mobile game. It was a game for phones and for tablets. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And the announcer, when they weren't getting crazy applause, said, what? You guys don't have phones? And it's like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you're assuming that your customer base is automatic already has the equipment for these things. Some people don't go for a, a game because they can't, they actually don't have the system for it. Like in my case, I can't run uh, Cyberpunk 2077 on anything that I have. <laughs> my, my PlayStation is a launch day uh, PlayStation from eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And me too, I think. Like it, it runs Red Dead Redemption well, but knowing what I know about Cyberpunk 2077, I'm not going to play it on my PlayStation 4 because it's garbage on PlayStation 4. They didn't finish the game. Yeah. Now, if I get a PlayStation 5, am I going to get Cyberpunk 2077? Yeah, I am, because it's going to be a game that I can play on that system and it'll run well versus... Um, um, Whatever the fuck on that my was. Place. Yeah. Uh, I also don't have a... a major pc that i can run uh games on it's just not what i have uh so for a lot of people telling them you know always on or you guys don't have phones that's like a slap in the face to the customer mm -hmm. so when it comes to pr guys you always got to be on the customer side and yeah. that's why adam worth was was fired yeah 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 it's uh your job to like to like uh appease these people not piss them off it is it is it, it is your job as a uh a pr guy to be the front of the company and to make the company look good and if you make the company look bad then you're gonna get shit canned and adam adam orth um uh i forgot what i was gonna say um oh shit that happens that happens a lot recently 
I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, nope, nope, I lost it. Um, That's okay. So, did you did you read much as a kid? Read? Yeah. Um, I read a lot of. They were they were mainly um, religious young adult books. Uh, so just whatever was in my school's library, because I, I went to a Christian school and uh, we had to write book reports like every month. So I, I would read a book every month and um, I would pick these books that were mainly action adventure or fantasy. So I, I was really into uh, the nonfiction or no, mm. wait. Again, just mixed up fiction. I was really into fiction, but at the same time, I would also pick up a lot of um, like biology and animal books because uh, I I like animals a lot, and I would I want to learn about my own anatomy as well as other critters' anatomies. Um, so I attribute a lot of my um, my learning to my own study from my school library but it wasn't like they had the the best books they yeah. had just a lot of what was allowed mm -hmm. um were they all did they all have like a religious connotation to them or is this like they're like approved a lot of them did have a religious connotation mm -hmm. to them uh they were usually by christian authors or um books that weren't necessarily secular so you had a lot of um, just kind of within the niche kind of things or the books uh, themselves would be very either family friendly or they would have like a, a lesson at the end of it that would okay. kind of keep it within the category. But for the most part, I wasn't reading it because of the message at the end. I was reading it for the entertainment and right. also I had to because it was a book report. The um, um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, growing up as a witness, I guess it was a little different because they didn't like anything, even if it like had, like, even if it was a Christian author, if they weren't a witness and it wasn't publicized by the watchtower track society then it was blacklisted so yeah like we actually didn't get a lot of um like if it was christian media that wasn't made by witnesses that was something i definitely did not grow up with except for like different translations of the bible like we we did read different versions of the bible like yeah i had a king james bible um that was the big one let's cross-reference that mostly Mm -hmm. but my mom has a bunch of different um bunch of different ones that was neat like um they basically teach you that like this is the this the one we made is the best translation but there's all these other translations that you can glean information from as well which is cool because not all churches do that yeah um, and and essentially that's how all these sects get around is that they have their different translations and that's how they get formed. You have one specific sect that says that 
a miracle happened this way. So it gets written in their book and just gets passed down the line and just keeps replicating itself. And eventually you have a whole new sex coming out of that one set. And uh, yeah. in my case, I was just part of a non-denominational Christian sect. So I had it easy when it came to uh, being in Christianity, but uh, you know, we were still restricted in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch, you remember that DreamWorks, DreamWorks made a couple of, um, there was Joseph. Yeah. He's uh, the Prince of Egypt. Uh, Prince of Dreams. Was it Prince of Dreams or Prince of Egypt? We're going to find out there's, right there's now. There's two of them. Oh, I know that oh. they had, I yeah, they had a Moses one, and that was the Prince right. of Egypt. And then there was uh, the, the other one that King was Joseph. King of Dreams, that's what it was. But yeah, that, I have seen both of those. That, that's, that's the movie, man. I, yeah. uh, I did. My mom did take me to go see that when I was a kid, but that that itself was like like gray area for a witness. Like she probably, if someone in the congregation found out that she was took her kids to see that, it might have been a controversy or whatever. You know, it probably would have, and it would have led to like excommunication within the group, and and that's not usually what you want when you're in a community like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also really wrong because it just it promotes a, a society that doesn't work together and it's about exclusion. Yeah, I uh, um, I, I think my like my biggest problem with witnesses specifically, like outside of like organized religion in general. Well, I guess a lot of organized religion does this too, but mm-hmm. the biggest issue is thinking that you have the absolute correct version of the scripture and the and the bible like like you you guys have that and because that is and what this is lost on a lot of christians christians but yeah what a christian is is someone that is constantly seeking the truth and living a life in christ's footsteps so which is extremely rare to find an actual christian yes yes exactly i think well yeah exactly because by virtue if you're denominational christian you're probably not a real christian because you've locked yourself Mm -hmm. into a specific lens of looking at the bible like Mm -hmm. like the trinity is a thing or the witnesses are right hell's not real it's like well i mean Really, what you should do is not subscribe to any of these belief systems. You should research it and study it yourself and arrive at what every conclusion makes sense to you. And if that's in alignment with one of these organizations, great. But but that's not where you should start. No. Uh, And and I just lost my train of thought, but um, trying to go off of of what you were saying uh, with the the different sects and uh, of Christianity and, and all their offshoots and stuff. I learned in my apologetics class about like the different ones. Like we went through Seventh-day Adventists. We went through the um, mm. Jehovah's Witnesses. We went through uh, uh, Scientology. 
we even touched on like Satanism and things like that. And um, it was weird because of all the things that we went through, like a lot of the actual occult stuff seemed more earth-based and actually, you know, not as bad as Christianity. And it was, it was kind of weird because there was a, a mathematical system that we had in our apologetics, uh, bleh, our pod, apologetics class <laughs> that was like uh, a, how to define a cult. And it was like they add to the terms of salvation. They take away from the scripture. They divide the, uh, the congregation and they multiply the terms of uh i think i got it wrong from the ad it was it was like they multiply the terms of salvation and add um works so you have to do more you have to that they take away from the original scripture they divide the people so that only they are the right ones and then they also multiply what you have to do to get into the final level of heaven and it's you know it to me it all seemed icky so i just i went this way the fuck out of there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you went left hand <laughs> uh let's talk about that for a minute if you don't mind um how did, how did what was that transition like because you you're actually the one that turned me on to chaos magic uh well i mean right currently i'm not practicing i'm uh i'm just floating in the nothingness uh well but, i'm sorry like, i, I want to be clear also i i know when it comes to these subjects a lot of it is things we can't talk about as magicians yeah. so only get into it as comfortable as you want to yeah yeah and uh like as far as as my religious walk, I went from being a Christian for two decades to just one Easter, just being like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. This isn't me. And then I just became an atheist and I just was an atheist for a few years. And then I came across um, Satanism again and, and made another visit in my life and i i personally uh related to the the not necessarily teachings because i don't like to call um anton levey a teacher mm. um he was a human just like i am he was also a uh, a showman so everything that he did was to get a response from other people and that's how he made his money he figured out that he, you know, just like, uh, what's his face, L. Ron Hubbard, he figured out that he could make money from religion. And so any person that I see as taking advantage as another of another person, I can't really see as a teacher. Right. So in the terms of Satanism, he coined the, the term for modern Satanism. And I'm not talking about like, actual devil worship i'm talking about the philosophical satanism mm -hmm. where it's um they don't believe in a devil yeah there's not an actual devil it's still a atheistic right. uh, view so religiously it's still atheism 
but philosophically it's an individualistic view of the world but uh the like the church of satan flavor of satanism which there's there's multiple ones and even on like the the satanism subreddits you have uh temple of satan and the church of satan and setians you have them fighting over who's the the right satanist and and the truth is when you come to an individualistic point of view no one's right you are right it's it's all about what your life and how you want to live your life uh so you don't you can't look at these groups of satanists because groups of satanists going by the atheistic term not by the devil worshipers because there are those and they do call themselves satanists and they are satanists in their belief um but they are not the modern i should say modern satanists so we have our uh classical satanists those are the ones that worship an actual deity and then you have people like me who are just atheists and uh we just want to live our lives in the best way that we can to enjoy it and you know that's it okay so i guess my next question would be um i know you said you're not currently practicing um as far as uh belief system like what you <laughs> think is going on terms of the universe is that is that still where you would place yourself <laughs> uh as as a belief in the universe uh i'm actually a nihilist <laughs> as uh as like i don't know how to put that um a cheerful nihilist yeah i'm a cheerful nihilist you know i'm not out to say that the entire world is nothing but nothing is everything and mm -hmm. you know there's a the comfort end, in that it, it doesn't have is. to be it doesn't have to be this like this gothic um yeah it's not all about doom and gloom and you're yeah. gonna die so you're gonna die uh but you know the truth is we are all gonna die mm -hmm. and at some point we're just gonna become nothing our consciousness will either reincarnate possibly because i don't know I don't have these answers, but I'm also not going to stress myself out. Over... Neither does any person on this planet. Exactly. And that's where I stand is we don't know. We right. know nothing about anything. So we could be plugged into a big computer right now. And all of this is not real. We don't know that. Mm -hmm. But there's also the chance that we could be tangible creatures floating through space yeah absolutely nothing to the rest of the and universe it could be both somehow in some way we don't understand yeah it it actually could you know we could be critters floating through space in a computer yeah. that's the that's a crazy and you know theory. what you know what that's <laughs> all you have to do is take it a step back and then now we're in agreement with religious people where it's like like well isn't 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 this a simulation if you talk about if you talk about god like yeah. he, you're simulating his he's running a simulation what else do you fucking call that yeah i mean honestly you're not wrong you're not wrong if 
if God is a a um, a being that's in command, then someone has to be pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And you know, even in in just about every thought of of different realities, like if the reality that we're currently in is the correct reality, then someone is still pulling the strings somewhere. Mm-hmm. Someone still has their finger on the button and is saying what's going to happen to the rest of the world. There is someone like that out there. We don't know who they are, but they're there. (laughs) And we're all fucked when they finally press the button. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with you that I don't know what's going on. Um, Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, within not knowing what's going on it's okay yeah and we yeah. just we just there's, ride along with the river as there's some comfort in that like there is. some relief of like okay everything's out of my hands except except and like i will die that will happen so why mm-hmm. fret about it exactly there's you know, no reason to stress about it it's gonna yeah. happen what we do during that time mm-hmm. of of uh life being born and death we you know that's what matters and that's what we're here to do is just to to enjoy that time and you know spread as much joy to other people as we can even though the (laughs) the reality of things is that it's all bleak Mm -hmm. and it sucks but we gotta live through it until you know we meet our ultimate end Uh, yeah i mean pain is inevitable kind of like death where it's mm-hmm. like like there's no reason to be afraid about life and like live in a box and and shun the world because the world is inevitable the world is going to happen to you or you could live in a fart box <laughs> yeah <It's>, uh, <laughs> do <laughs> you can either live in the fart box or you could like like um commute to the fart box you know. I just spilled water all over my pants. Nice. Congratulations. I'm not, I'm not going to be mad about it. It's just <laughs> something that happened. Yeah. It's one of those happy accidents. It's it's a happy accident. You know, that that's right. And Bob Ross was right about that. Uh, we we had those happy accidents. Even humanity as a, a I was probably civilization. I, I mean, heck, aren't we all happy accidents? Yeah. In, in a way going back you know, far enough <laughs> yeah uh, i mean just looking at uh human evolution just the accident that there was a bang or the accident that a couple of amino acids got together and they made a, a critter and that critter ended up crawling up on the the sand and somehow became a, an ape swing through the the forest and throwing his shit at trees and you know, now that same ape is still in the forest and he's, you know, getting it on with florists down the lane. But we as humans exist somehow. Mm-hmm. That's a happy accident. Yeah. And I think, um, so I got two, two little points here. Uh, okay. We, we, uh, I think it's a rite of passage for youth to, uh, I can't wait to grow up. I'm tired of being treated like a child. I feel responsible. I feel 
qualified to, you know, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I'm an adult when you're a kid. And then as you get older, you realize that you're still young, that you're like super young and that you don't know anything. And that's, yeah. you think Thanks. you're, you think you're old when you're young and then you think you're young when you're old, not physically, but you, you're aware well, of how, how little you've actually learned in your life. You know? And in a way um, you can also use those, that reversal as a, um, a way to, to describe the actual mental aspect of being old and being young. Mm. When you're, when you're a baby, you don't know anything. You are a blob of flesh with no intelligence. And that's all you are until you start gaining more brain cells and you start actually learning things and putting them into practice. But then once you get too old, those same things that you learn to do, you forget going to the bathroom, walking, um, you know, you, you really do revert back to being like a baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That, that does kind of coincide with what I was saying where it's uh -huh. like, maybe, maybe you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> In a way, I kind of hope that the comet does come and destroy humanity because I don't want to get that old. <laughs> I don't I, I don't want to be shit in my pants. I don't I don't want to get I don't have any intention of ever being that old. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to be that old to where I am basically a baby again. Well, when I, when I turn like 60, I'm just going to uh, not 60, maybe like 65. I'm just going to start living like extremely recklessly. Not like outright kill myself, but like I'm going to go out with a fucking bang. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, grandkids. Grandpa's uh, doing H in the closet again. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're going to go out, go out with a bang. Yeah. Like there's there's been, like I said earlier, I've spent a lot of time on the internet and you pick up on things like and heroing. <laughs> where yeah <laughs> where you basically you go out you're planning on going out anyway so you do it with a bang and i mean you do it with a bang i've seen some diagrams that would just imagine walking in on that uh, i think uh, so there was one this is going to get pretty graphic so uh trigger warning for anyone trigger. uh <laughs> There was one where it was a diagram of a dude hanging himself, jerking off, but there was also like a field of mouse traps below him so that when he fell after uh, hanging himself, he would fall onto the mouse traps, and then he also put something else underneath the mouse traps to trigger after the mousetraps went off. So he would create this spectacular display so that when the EMS people arrived, they would find a, a scene, but it was all a suicide. And I don't even know why I'm talking about this. So if you feel like cutting this out, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I mean, I think 
is probably going to be a, an opinion that is not well received by everybody. But I think if you want, if you decide that you're done here, I don't think socially we should interfere with that, right? It's like socially, you should try and stop your friends and the people you care about from doing this kind of thing. The point I'm trying to make is I don't think the government should be able to tell you what the fuck to do in a myriad of ways, this being yeah. one of them. Yeah, and I do agree with that. And that goes into the social issue of assisted suicide. And, um, you know, since we're talking about it, we've we've got to put this disclaimer out here. Mm-hmm. If you feel like committing yes. suicide, yeah, make don't. sure that you get help. Yeah. Call. There's hotlines out there that you can call to talk to people. I have seen a plethora of Reddit threads from those people that run those hotlines, and they do want to talk to you. They do want to make your life better, and it's not because they're told to do it. It's not because they're paid to do it. It's because they actually want to help someone, mm-hmm. and if you're feeling that way, please call those lines and get the help that you need because even though this is a miserable existence that we all have to go through you don't have to end it now however on the subject that we're talking about with assisted suicide i believe that assisted suicide is something that we should have as a social norm um, and also paid for by the government because there's a lot of people that we are forcing to put through this existence and they don't they sh- they shouldn't have to be they shouldn't have to live in pain they shouldn't have to be forced to be homeless and i'm not saying that suicide is any excuse for um being homeless do not go com- commit suicide because you're about to go to the streets there's there's ways to get help but there's a plethora of reasons that assisted suicide would be good for our society. We just won't do it because we as a society view suicide as a negative thing, even though there's animals in the animal kingdom that do suicide. They do it because they have to. And in a lot of ways, even us as humans, we feel like we're put into a corner and we have to do it. So there's, there's good cases for it, and, and there should probably be a board or some sort to evaluate each case by case, but it's one of those social values that uh, I think we could really do well by um, implementing it, specifically because we do have a lot of people who they don't enjoy being in pain. Uh, They don't enjoy the lives that they're living, and in some cases, they'll never be able to get out of that life. And And someone on the outside is in no position to tell that person that, well, you should just live anyway. You don't understand the pain. Yeah, and and that is the truth, is that a lot of people don't understand the pain associated with just existing. And... uh, Mm-hmm. And it sucks, to be honest. Yes. You know, I, I wish that it weren't this way and that there was a lot of uh, people out there that that they wanted to exist and that their 
you know, their existence is actually valuable to not just other people, but to themselves. And um, that that counteracts what I was saying earlier about, you know, having nihilist values. But the, the, the matter is that every person is their own universe. And I I, I think what you're getting at is like people don't have an objective, an objective value on like this, this unmeasurable metric, but from a personal uh, subjective sense, each individual has value uh, from your perspective as a person. And I would agree with that sentiment. It's, it's, that personal value is what you assign to yourself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I would say that a personal value, it goes up, it goes down. It just depends on how you are viewing yourself at the time. And in a lot of ways, like I know that myself, I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And I I have a lot of uh, depressive days and there's days where I just don't want to do nothing. Um, But I'm here in this existence. Mm-hmm. I'm still plugged into this matrix. I've got to continue doing it until I'm unplugged. And, you know, for a lot of people that are in pain, assisted suicide would be a great, great option versus having to wait for a treatment that might never come. And they're just going to have to live in pain until they die in pain or uh, in, a, in other places where they don't even have a treatment for the person, but they're still forced to, to be alive yes you do have families that can take care of you but you know there's a lot of families that aren't able to be there for an ill person 100 percent of the time and things aren't getting any cheaper mm-hmm. so we've got our as it is our own healthcare system is absolute shit. so <laughs> in a lot of ways it's almost better not to go to the hospital mm-hmm. but you still have to go see professionals for specific things yeah because when you go to the hospital what do you get sometimes you get better sometimes you just get a bill yeah yep that's that was my most recent experience at the hospital oh i'm, I'm sorry to hear that <laughs> i was um uh, i was roughhousing with a friend and he like uh I, I, uh, he like came at me, I like pushed him down and then I like, I had him in like a full mount and then he just like pushed me off of him and my legs were like wrapped underneath him, but he like pushed my torso off and it stretched like, like my entire back went back, but my legs didn't move at all. And it, it hyperextended my knee and I heard it pop. And then it like swole up really big. And I, I was like, I think I broke my knee. (laughs) That was first like knee injury I've ever had. And like, it was really bad. And I went to the hospital and it's not broken, but I tore a ligament in. uh, Yeah. And that was, that was probably like three months ago. And honestly, like it's still, I still have issues with it, but. Was it your meniscus? I think it was. Ooh, yeah, that happened to my dad. He tore his meniscus uh, about 10 years ago, and oof, it, his knee has never really been the same. Yeah, it, it doesn't impede me, like, super much. It just hurts sometimes. And, like, 
yeah <laughs> but well, i hope that heals up yeah thank you it's it's definitely a lot better like it's not like a huge Im- impediment to me um yeah but uh point of that story was they wrapped it mm-hmm. and gave me like uh basically advil and that was it and then they gave you a a, a, a doctor's bill that mm-hmm. you're going to be paying off for a while yeah yeah. yeah but here's the thing learn like <laughs> to be honest the one thing that has gotten me through life was that i took first aid in college mm, man i bet That's really and helpful. that has been the greatest class that i ever took was first aid because i i learned so much about being a responder and mm. how to help responders at the scene so this isn't to say that you shouldn't uh, <laughs> you shouldn't trust responders because you should always trust responders. They know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. even a first aid trained person isn't a responder. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's good to have that kind of knowledge so that if yeah. you're in that situation, you're able to actually totally. help to help yourself, but also help others. Yeah. So it's good to have that. Yeah, for sure. This is kind of, this is a different thing than that, for sure. But um, I've been thinking about buying a trumpet and taking trumpet lessons. Oh, that sounds fun. I hope that you have a place that you can practice because <laughs> your neighbors are going to hate you. Yeah, I'm at, my lease is up in May. I'm actually moving to a different place. So I guess oh, we'll sweet. see. But um, it, it's mostly like I've always had a fascination with horns. <laughs> um, I'm not... Uh, I'm not a musician by any means. Like I don't play an instrument or anything. Um, and my mom tried to teach me piano. My mom is a phenomenal piano player. Mm-hmm. She, tried, she tried to teach me piano when I was younger. It just never stuck. Um, and what I'm getting at, I, I have like, like every individual, I have uh, attributes that I'm better at and attributes that I'm not so good at. And one of the things I'm not so good at is discipline, self-discipline. Um, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't beat myself up like I should. I have a hard time like doing things I don't want to do. I don't have a hard time with things I want to do, which would be like my personal goals, like art. I don't have a hard time getting up and making art. Uh, I have a hard time doing the things I like am supposed to do, like, uh, like. Uh, like, like small stuff, I guess, like, like making my bed, right? Like, I just like discipline in that sense, like going to the gym, that's a better example. Um, like getting exercise. And I feel like I want to, I want to learn an instrument, because I feel like that'll teach me discipline. in at least some degree. I mean, uh, <laughs> discipline comes from within young grasshopper. And (laughs) you you have to really want to do it. And Mm. uh, so like playing the horn, that's, that's something that I haven't gotten into yet. Uh, I'd like to, but I also know that it requires an entirely different set of instrumental Mm. values that I don't currently have. Um, Like growing up, I also, I learned piano. Um, I took about five years of piano uh, in junior high into high school. And, um, I learned absolutely nothing from it. Uh, 
I can't really read sheet music, even though that was the brunt of my lessons for five years. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure if I'm intelligent, <laughs> but uh, as far as like playing a horn, because it's about, it's about like vibrating your lips, isn't it? Mm. I, that's, that's what I've been hearing. Um, is that something like an, an oboe is going to vibrate like the inside of your mouth and then something like a trumpet is going to vibrate the outside of your mouth. Yeah. Or I might've um, got that backwards. I can't remember. Yeah. Neef was telling me about, you know, where you, you would want to build callus for that. Mm -hmm. And it's whether you want to do it on the inside or the outside. And, um, but that, that sounds fun. And honestly, I'd really I don't like expect to, to be good to at it. Do that. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I mean, dude, I'm going to be real. You're not going to be good at first, <laughs> at first, but the, the more that you actually play with it, the more that you, you learn technique and you go online and read, watch videos and, and, uh, read more yeah. about things you'll pick up on it. And eventually it'll just become second nature. And that's part of that discipline is disciplining yourself to, to want to learn it. That's mm -hmm. the big part is to want to do it myself. Yeah. I've like, I've been trying, I say trying to play bass or any instrument for 12 years now. And I would say that in the past month, I've probably gotten better at uh, playing the bass in specific um, than ever before mm. and at any other time. And that's just because I've given myself time to actually pick it up and to actually uh, really try yeah. and learn the instrument. Yeah. I, yeah. When I, um, when I get home from work at the end of the day, I don't even do anything so strenuous. But I guess when it's getting old, because like, I don't really want to do anything when I get home. I don't want to do anything, <laughs> you know? But like back to the trumpet, um, it's not even that I like, I want to do something with this. Like I have like this, like a plan in mind of like, oh, I'm going to learn how to play the trumpet and then do something with that. It's like, yeah. I want to, I want to learn the trumpet, like for a very like personal reason, I guess. Yeah. Like, like I'm also, I'm, um, through uh like duolingo i've been taking spanish uh -huh. um for a very similar reason i don't really give a fuck about learning spanish i just i i've, I've wanted to be to learn another language and that's seemed like it would be an easy one you know uh, spanish is literally to some yeah spanish is a, is a, a good language to have specifically in america because of you know yeah mexico being our neighbor um but also in the future, it'll definitely look good on your resume to have Spanish mm, at uh, the most recent job that I had. I was the only one there who actually did, who could communicate. I shouldn't say speak, who could communicate in Spanish. Mm. So in a lot of ways, they liked having me around because when someone was checking in a, a, a new vehicle, I was there to, to help them out. And in a lot of cases, there was... Um, customers who only spoke Spanish mm. and no one there speaking Spanish, basically, you know, most of them being proud boys, um, <laughs> they, 
didn't they didn't want to deal with that but yeah. you know it it did end up adding an extra dollar onto my salary so it was okay. worth having i yeah that's true i i, I mostly picked it because i thought it would be simple uh, but that's also true. It's it's probably the most practical one I can learn. Yeah, it is. Um, it's I think it's actually the first most speaked language in America. Whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. English English isn't even the official language of America. What the fuck? Yeah. That's crazy. More people speak Spanish in America than uh, people speak English. Um, and, and I mean, that's because of having uh, Mexico and uh, Cuba as big ex uh, imports from those countries and South America. But uh, kind of like um, Chinese being one of the biggest spoken languages on the planet because China has more people than they, yep. everybody put together. So. Well, they have the largest, po- the largest population. They're, they're probably going to have the most uh, speaking. Right. Wow, so, I, I butchered know. that sentence. Speaking of China, did you guys see? Apparently, by 2049, China has plans to become like the single superpower. They, I mean, I've known about that for most of my life, but yeah, I, that's that's been their goal forever. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I yeah, mean, it's like, Amber, yeah, no shit, Alex. China. <laughs> I mean, Emperor, Emperor Chen made it real clear when he drank mercury. He said, I'm going to be immortal and I'm going to unify the world under me. And we still call China, China. We do. So, I mean, well, you can argue what you want, but he is still, his name is still on the biggest, most populated place on the planet. So, I mean, flip over just about anything and you'll find the word China on it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so China will, uh, unfortunately, become like a a world superpower. Uh, I just don't see them actually ruling the world uh, because there's there's just going to be way too much opposition against China actually taking over other countries. Yeah, they may not rule the world, but they might bully other countries into using similar practices like sweatshops. But but like, Alex, Alex, no no powerful country bullies other smaller countries into doing their will. Not uh, what are you bes- talking about only besides America. I mean, America does it. I mean, now I have been up, you know, orbiting here for a while, so I haven't been up to. Paul. Oh yeah, what what the fuck do you know? You're safe in your bubble. Get your ass back down here, motherfucker. Get her away from us. <laughs> Oh, I see how it is. As soon as he gets you get bad, beefs up in the pod. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a good view when everything like explodes. You know, it's like, wow. yeah, oh, that's I mean, pretty. He he'll get to see the explosion, but I, I'm not sure if he'll be out of the radius. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know, if you're lucky, maybe they'll just like push you further out. Oh, systems will start shutting down. <laughs> I'll get the EMP. Everything will turn off, and I'll, you know, if I survive the plummeting the Earth part, I might be, you know, last man on Earth syndrome. <laughs> did, uh, did you guys see that um, the rocket that was breaking up over Portland, Oregon? No. Oh, uh-uh. no. Was it one of the uh, SpaceX? 
yeah, it was a SpaceX, I think it was Falcon 9. When did uh, that happen? It happened two days ago. Um, oh, I don't, you know what? I think I heard something about, I think I read like an accident headline, but they've been launching several things here in the past few weeks. So what yeah, exactly it, happened? What happened was Falcon 9 was coming in. It, it was re-entering the atmosphere and uh, a lot of people caught it on camera as it was coming through the atmosphere. And it's, it's really cool to watch. Um, you can just search it on Google Falcon 9 um, over Portland, Oregon. Okay, so it exploded. Is that what happened? Uh, no, it was re-entering. So it was oh, a, oh, oh, oh. it was like a second stage rocket that was uh, being had been I jettisoned, see. and it was re-entering the the atmosphere. I found it. Let's see. You can see my screen. It's coming. Yeah, there it is. Yep. It's like watching fireworks, Whoa. but they last longer. That's just chunks of debris, I guess. Yeah, it's just parts of the rocket that were yeah. uh, falling through the atmosphere. I've already watched videos like this. Like there's, there's three or four different ones that get it from different angles it's it's phenomenal to to watch it i'm fascinated by uh these space videos and things happening like this um another crazy thing crazy. yeah another crazy thing that happened um recently was they got another picture of the black hole uh that they found two years ago and uh they were able to distinct some magnetic waves coming out from it uh so it's that same like orange butthole picture from two years ago but now it's a little clearer and you can kind of see like the the plane that it's on um so it's Weird. another thing to, to look at what is this I'm gonna pull it up. it's a black hole black hole and it's got an orange butthole no, no, no. The, the, the black <laughs> hole looks like an orange bubble. <laughs> oh, oh, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. The eye in the sky. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. But uh, the, the really interesting thing that they found from this picture was um, that where the black hole was collapsing in the center there was a stream of magnetic energy that was being expelled from the black hole. So it's like there's a fountain, just this like white fountain coming out of the black hole back into our space. So it's, it's really interesting uh, stuff to, to check out. So, okay. Oh, so in other words, things were like flying from another dimension back into ours through this black hole. Yeah, we don't we don't know what's going on with it. We're just assuming. Well, we do. That that's, ex that's exactly what's going on with it. Immediately. Matter of fact, I'm going to get on Facebook right now. Black holes actually put stuff I into our reality. I told y'all my theory was right. <laughs> Black holes are just portals, man. It, I mean, we've always known there are portals. Y'all naysayers said that, and look, there's proof right there. 
We gotta Over take the- Earth and we gotta move it over to the black hole. And then we just gotta go through that black hole and we'll be everything will be okay. I'm just, I'm just We're in saying, the wrong dimension, man. I'm just saying if Bob Lazar, if anything he's saying like says is credible about like the UFOs he saw, like they might they might be fast enough to just exit a black hole to like go in and out of them. Maybe that's where they're from. Yeah, yeah. Um in specific, the black hole that's in question that we have photographed is actually not even the closest black hole to us. So it is possible that uh, that aliens were able to to go through those black holes. But there's a possibility now, that if, we've been going through one and we never knew it. <laughs> if we're gonna talk aliens, I'm gonna talk about my theory of aliens. Go on, I'm listening. So. Aliens are not extraterrestrial beings that come from other planets, but they are us from the future after we have evolved. And big eyes, we have long figured, fingers. Big Computer. eyes, long fingers, very technologically advanced and no able. Hair. No hair. Because who needs hair? Uh, <laughs> right, Neve? <laughs> you know? uh, but we basically figured out time travel. And so the theory of going through a black hole and using that as a way to condense time, that would make it also creditable for us to go, let's say, using a black hole. Not that this is actually any of the science that goes along with it. This is science fiction. But using a black hole to go back in time to meet our... Uh, our ancestors and help them along technologically by giving them tools, by introducing mathematics and architecture, uh, because we were apes, Hmm. just kind of jumping through the jungle. And, you know, it's how, how, how realistic is it that a ape person was able to create fire by themselves with Mm -hmm. just a couple of rocks you know, that's, that always Prometheus. Up the, the Prometheus theory, but that always yeah. also brings up the, well, if it's us coming back to help us out, then how did we yeah. get evolved to that point? And wouldn't we be screwing that up in the first place? So then you got the whole time travel paradox. Well, well yeah. yeah. It, well, then and, it, it makes the question, how the fuck does time travel work to begin with? Would you even cause paradoxes? Is that a thing? We have no see, idea. I'm not sure if it would cause a paradox in this case, because we're talking about people from the like the super future people that wouldn't be in the past you're not going to cross yourself in the past that you didn't well, exist in was butterfly effect is the idea yeah it, it would what it i'm would, saying is before it would create a butterfly effect if we came from just the apes and the yeah. apes were reliant on us to come back to teach them how did they there oh, had to there's be the paradox the, the, there's the, the paradox. apes had to not have anybody teach them the first time the apes had to naturally evolve up yeah, that point and then come back. Well, so I mean, that's kind of, that's, that's, it's, 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 that's kind of saying story. that's kind of saying that you know we evolved up to being Neanderthal, and from Neanderthal we started getting these tools. We started being smart enough to create civilizations and societies. But from a certain point, like from the Mesopotamian era, right. that's when things started accelerating at a rate that right. didn't seem possible with the so technology we, so we, that they so had. So we naturally made it that far, but we just started coming back to try to 
Yes, to kind of give it a little push in the right direction because we wanted to keep on a specific timeline well, while there was other... Begs, right, that also begs the question of, um, and that's also a godlike thing of, you know, the question of what, what you can go back and affect because all these horrendous acts that have occurred, they didn't go back and stop. No. So there must have been some reasoning behind it, which goes into the whole God omnipotent theory. Well, God has a plan. That's the reason that, you know, all these people die. There are a bunch of reports of UFOs around nuclear test sites and nuclear reactors. And I think I think that might be their concern is they're only concerned with like if we're going to like completely wipe ourselves out. If it's like minor skirmishes, they don't give a fuck. Look, yeah. look, Ig- Iggy Power said it. Raw power is sure to come running to you. Yeah. You know, now, so uh, they're going to blow some shit up. Shit's coming at you. When you show force, force is going to be shown. Yeah. So to to continue on with my theory, um, there's, there's this book and movie that came out, uh, I think it was in the 70s. So, uh, Neef, you've probably seen it. Um, it's called... Uh, Chariot of the Gods. Hmm. Have you seen it? No, I know of it. And I you know, know of it? Okay. It. Yeah. So it gives, the, it gives the theory that there were ancient astronauts who came to early man and helped them with tools and, and taught them techniques of how to do things. And in the, the movie, well, spe- I'm, I'm referencing the movie specifically because I haven't read the book, it's but in book. the movie books from 68 i know i know what you're talking about now i've seen a lot of references made to it i don't know that i've ever yeah. seen the movie though it's actually pretty good because uh they they give themselves a lot of evidence to support what they're theorizing and in this case there's a bunch of carvings from all over the world that dictate people wearing helmets or flying in machines i think um, mm. if i haven't watched this actual one then I've seen stuff excerpting from it because I just pulled it up on the ooh and uh yeah it's like an hour and a half documentary yeah it's it's basically ancient aliens it was the precursor to the the show ancient right. aliens okay and uh it so I'm, I'm running off of that theory where we are just time travelers who have evolved past our current bodies to go back to help our past selves seen... get further into our uh, evolutionary chain faster well that's the whole idea of spirituality on a lot of levels is that we're just a vessel and we yeah. keep moving you know have you seen interstellar b i have not that's um spoilers that's the premise oh <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah human aliens um uh, da, 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 da. I think he played guitar. <laughs> he did. Mm-hmm. Um I think so like in lines with this future human aliens thing. I I, I mean obviously I don't know like maybe 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 not but one thing I have noticed like we were talking about um sort of the the rite of passage coming of age story how when you're a young adult uh you feel older than you are you're like oh i can take on the world i don't need someone to tell me what to do yeah and then as you get older it's like 
man, I don't know shit. I'm still that same baby. It's like, it's like humbling. Yeah. Well, the only thing that's changed with me is I don't want to take on the world anymore. I still don't want to <laughs> tell me what to do. Keep your head I'm, down. I'm just like, yeah, fuck all that nonsense. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what? That's, that is what happens is essentially <laughs> you learn to just say, fuck it. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you kind of stop caring. Out, you start running out of fucks to give. Well, happens. I think Basically, what happens yeah. is the I warrior. I as many every day. That gland doesn't work as actively as it did when I was in my youth. <laughs> I give a fuck gland and I just the, don't produce yeah. it. The warrior all through his 20s and 30s is kicking ass, never stops. He's just go, go, go. And then, bam, some injury. It's I mean, like, well, I can't really do that shit anymore. Knee. The arrow I, I, to the knee. Yeah. Neef, you beat me to it. I was going to say, I was going to be an adventure, but then I took an arrow to the knee. But, you know, the, and, and unfortunately, that's the truth. Because, you know, a lot of us want to be able to do the same things that we were able to do when we were younger. But we're old. We're injured. We've had our things that have stopped us from being able to do the things that we want to do. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we should stop it entirely. But it's not going to be as intense as it was. It, treats, it, it teaches you your limitations and how to be cautious. Well, you, yeah. you shift your energy. I mean, you have the energy that you had, but it goes more in your head. Yeah. Like when I'm reading, um, I've been reading some of the, the Conan, actual Conan stories out of, uh, you know, from Howard to my son. And it's really interesting because you know, a lot of them start where Conan's already a king. And people don't think of that because they just think of the movie and that, you know, they forget that in that whole saga, he was a king at one point. But he, he discusses that. He's discussing that with one of his, you know, like, right-hand men while he's up in the chambers writing stuff and walking around that when he was in his youth, that, um, you know, that he missed going to battle. Because when he was the warrior who came to save the people, they were praising him. And there's a part of a poem that goes through that Howard puts all the way through the Conan series that like references. And it and in the poem it talks about when, you know, when I was a hero, people were throwing flowers at the feet of my horse when I came into town. Now that I've become the king, I have to watch out for knives at my back. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that the warrior is praised because everybody wants, but once the warrior is put up there, now it's his responsibility to deal with all this shit, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and he doesn't really want to do that, you know, but, and I see in last, what I talk about with, um, you know, I once was a shaman, now I have to be a chieftain, you know, it's the idea that your power and power not in over the tribe, but your own power within you has to shift where it goes because I'm not as mm. physically capable as I was in my 20s in the tribal tundra sense to go hunt. So therefore, I, but I still have to have some use. And yeah. so my wisdom of having hunted for 50 years is of use while I'm sitting around the campfire is the old dude and they come up and you know i'll tell you some wacky story about some dude getting eaten i get to tell you the story about why that statue of the large man is in the village when i'm an old man whereas when i'm a young man we're out hunting so 
where I was going with that is um, like, so that story on the individual level, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel that on a like humanity level also, where it's like, if we look back, um, well, actually we don't have to look back just today, right? We feel like we've come a long way. It's like humans are millions of, or billions of years old. And it's like, well, it's like how, look how far we've come. And it's like the real maturity is we need to look at ourselves and say, well, actually, we're still at the infantile stage of humanity. This is, we're still evolving. We're very young in, in our potential. We're so, young compared to the rest of the universe, too. Yeah. yeah. So there's this, this fallacy that we feel ancient, like, right. like we've been around a while, but it's not... We're well, actually yeah, I mean, just at the, the cusp yeah. of it. Yeah. When you begin to learn astrophysics and physics, you start to realize that our, you know, not just the size of us physically in the universe is nothing, but our time mm -hmm. is nothing our, at all. Even yeah. our expected time of existence mm -hmm. is still nothing compared it's, to. It is know, absolutely nothing. Absolutely like, nothing, you know. We're a blip. Of, yeah, the formation of our, our just our solar system outdates the shit so vastly that it we're still just a blip on that, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The age of the sun, you know. And the yet point. we we hold such importance to things that are only two hundred years old. Yeah. Right? You know that we know that the sun will burn out. We know that yeah. it will supernova. So we do know that one, eventually the Earth will be uninhabitable. It will eventually be nothing. It'll eventually pull with most of the rest of everything around us when the sun goes. We cannot say, well, humanity possibly might have gotten onto a ship by that point left. The idea being that's so far ahead of time that humanity will probably have already gotten onto a ship left Mm -hmm. gone somewhere else, inhabited, left that place, gone extinct on that planet, where we were on here, on Earth, we probably would have naturally gone extinct way before any change in the sun occurred mm. that would affect anything. The life that's left here when the sun actually... The odds are we'll kill out. ourselves before we get to a point where the sun goes out. Yeah. Or some other natural disaster. Or, yeah. or we'll yeah. just get the fuck out of here. Right. And, and, and you know, that could be why the aliens come back to try and change that out course. Mm. They could be trying to alter that timeline so that we don't end up in that, that point where we actually do kill ourselves. So we right. could be on the right timeline to actually making our planet work and until the heat, yeah. eventual heat death of the universe. And here's another uh, unpopular opinion. I don't, I don't, think i'm pretty much convinced that aliens we're getting visited by do not have malicious intentions otherwise we would all be fucking dead right well yeah we'd be enslaved or it would already be it would have already happened i mean yeah. i i say yes but i also say no simply because i also believe in the existence of reptilian beings that are among us and uh mm. 
you know, it, basically another sect of human that evolved alongside us that didn't necessarily go by ape, but instead their reptilian brain continued mm. evolving the way that it did. So we have a reptilian cousin and they are basically okay. trying to, uh, they're trying to kill us all. And, yeah. And that's I why we have to fix that timeline with our, uh, future selves coming back to help our current selves and my my understanding uh when it comes to those kind of aliens is though at least in the stories i've heard they seem those the reptiles seem to be dimensional they seem to be coming from another place from from what i understand that could be possible uh, too yeah, when, so, you get, when you get a i guess i meant theory. space aliens like ufos and shit yeah yeah if they have the capability of getting here they have the capability of killing us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we would. If you have dimensional aliens, of... that's kind of harder to say, right? Because yeah, like, well, we we both d crossed dimensional boundaries. You could say, like ourselves. That's not exactly advanced if technology. You can, if you can manifest, physically manifest to be on yourself something from another dimension, you have created the technological ability to do a whole lot more than has been shown to be done here. You know what mm. I mean? Well, I mean, the, the technology, yeah. the technology is here already. It's already here and it's being used. We just, we, as the unaware populace, we don't have access to it. Are you talking so, about space travel or dimensional travel? Dimensional travel. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we, some of us we've already got access that. to it, uh, but you know, it's not for us, the normal people, to really even mm -hmm. know about. Just like the government doesn't tell you about the heart attack gun that they have. You know, the gun that makes oh, people shit. just drop dead. They have well, one, and it doesn't shoot any bullets. It, you can't even that see kind it. Of, that, kind of, that kind of stuff has been known about for a long, long time. Yeah, it has. We've, we've known about the heart attack gun since the 70s, haven't we? Probably at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's been yeah. the, the ability uh, to manipulate the human body with frequency. And I've gotten yeah. into huge arguments with people about that. A lot of people talking about the G5 thing because they get it mixed up. And truthfully, G5, you know, 5G, 4G, all the fucking G, it's not good for you. Your no. microwave is not good for you. Your cell phone is not no. good for you. The waves off the computer screen are not good for you. No. Levels of things are worse for somebody and how you combat them or mm. allow your body to be susceptible to these things depends on how bad it's going to mess with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say if you live right next to a damn power line, it's not going to fuck with you more than it is somebody that doesn't. But everything's a factor. You got all these factors going on, but people just kind of either want to write it off like it's no problem, or they want to dump everything into this or add everything together to counter what's being tried to be said. And nobody wants to just go actually look at what's been proven yeah you know and you can prove a lot of these things just by you know by the the logic science that everybody knows you know we all understand that um frequencies can affect you we all know that a certain pitch can bring you to your knees in pain because it's that piercing. Um, it has been proven that there's sonic low frequencies 
that can cause people to literally fall down and incapacitate them. Wow. Yeah. If, when you say low frequency, that'd be like a, not like a high pitch, but almost like. Right, right. Yeah. But it's, and it's done wow. directional and it's got to take a lot of power, but it's done like a pulse and it will render and, and it can be employed to, with hostage situations. And there's so much of this technology that is available and able to be used that people go, oh, well, that obviously shows a lot. But what it really, what, another thing people overlook with that is not like the, the bad that, you know, oh, well, the government's going to sit on that because they could use that to repress us. But mm -hmm. the worst thought is all of these situations that go on, hostage shootings, you know, all this, that we know we have the technology to yeah. prevent they don't use it for it that happens anyway. they don't train officers and people to use that kind of stuff they give them a swat fucking tank yeah you know why do you gotta <laughs> if if it's if you're raiding a drug dealer's house why do you gotta go in blazing if any different than if he's got hostages you might have them you don't know that so why don't you roll up and sound blast the whole damn place incapacitate everybody in the fucking house it's not killing nobody. Everybody's going to be uncomfortable. But if there's a child in there, it's not going to die. You know, it might not feel good for a little while and not be able to do anything and later crying like everybody else in the house. And then your sonically protected fucking gear dudes run in there and fucking snag everybody up. Well, yep. because they don't want to make a big show with it because they don't want us to know how truly effective exactly. they are. Well, and, you know, crime makes money. Yeah, it does. You know. But also, if if the the general public were aware of the weapons that they actually have, you know, people are going to try and figure out how to make it themselves. Mm. And the government doesn't want people out there making these sound weapons that are well, going to incapacitate people. Well, no, they don't. But one thing is, is it's completely a lot of that stuff is very possible, and there's a lot more. What always gets me with a lot of the gun control is. There are so many more just maliciously cruel and brutal weapons that can be made that are not firearms. Yeah. You know? Chemical and, warfare. I mean, you just yep. got to think about, you know, yeah, you know, 30 rounds in a magazine is 30 potential deaths. But if somebody didn't have that option and they're stuck with some other weird, you know, like, option what kind of crazy shit are you going to end up dealing with you know when people have to get creative you don't want psychos getting creative you know yeah you kind of want to see and be able to see what's going on you know so that's one of the reasons on the underhand reason why they don't really want to ban firearms but they really want to regulate them because yeah. they want to be able to watch everybody and go, and it's not for our safety, it's for their safety. A lot yeah, of them do want to ban firearms also. Yeah. Yeah. I, d I don't see the point in actually banning firearms. Just, it, I mean, no, such thing. It's like you're no you can't. You really, you really can't. You can't really ban anything that's illegal because people are going to find a way around it. They want to try. There's people that spend their entire lives devoted to just finding ways around normal situations law called yeah attorney. just around the law you know and, and Tax that's not accountants that's what yeah. they get paid to do 
they get paid to do it legally, (laughs) but you know, there's, there's people that they just want to commit crime and that's fine. That's the life that they chose. I'm not going to discount them on the life that they choose to do, but in the case of firearm is, yeah. Crime is also that, that term that kind of, yeah, yeah. It's crime a human, also like crime was a human created term made to keep the man down. Well, well I mean, one of those things. I like, certainly don't agree crime? with all of the but laws in America. Right. <laughs> you don't have I to agree mean. with them, but it's it's just where you live. And but um, I mean, well, it's like you're saying, but the term crime, yeah. you know, as you're using it, regardless, if you go break a law and knowingly break a law and feel that you can get away with it or you should or anything you are committing a criminal act which technically makes you a criminal yeah you mm-hmm. know i talk about that all the time with criminal mind a lot of people don't have criminal minds no i think people need to stop people need to remove morality from law because they think that the law is moral and that's not the case like and it's not. there are there are certain laws i'm not, not just being straight up i don't give a fuck about breaking certain laws because i don't that's respect that. them that's the point of blind. That's why Lady Liberty has a blindfold on. Mm-hmm. Because there is no judgment, moral judgment, no sight of it, your life. It's, it's a legal judgment, it not is, a moral one. It is based yeah. off of her memory it, of the book she holds. It, it's also societal judgment. It's not because yes, yes. society as a whole tends to kind of dictate that uh, kind of what our laws are. And, um, you know, we're not supposed to kill people. We're not supposed to steal from people. We're not supposed to cause perjury. These are things that we do just to say that we are a honest society. People still do it. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty blanket in most societies. The, The laws that differ, you know, country to country. I mean, some of them are kind of vast. You know, some of them, we do have some night and days in a couple of areas, but for the most part, I don't know where murder is legal anywhere. I don't, uh, well, you know, the Philippines, <laughs> if you're killing your local drug dealer. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and then, well, then, well, then, and then that's when we get into the morality or the yeah. idea of law, legal loopholes. Well, if you're yep. killing a local smack dealer, Who's to say that you're not protecting your life or the yeah. life of your loved ones because yeah. you're keeping them away from a potentially deadly substance that somebody is willing to? I actually, I like that law. You know, so that's one of my favorite shirts: is "Murder Your Local Heroin Dealer." Yeah. You know. I, uh, yeah. So, like, okay, so you gave some excellent examples. We're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to steal. We're not supposed to commit perjury. We're also not supposed to do drugs, but America fucking loves drugs. We love. Drugs. <laughs> well, and that's the not world the loves it's drugs. Not that, it's yeah. not that we're not supposed to do drugs. <laughs> I mean, it's come not on. It's all about drugs. <laughs> there, there, yeah, that's true. There isn't a it's law, but we do have controlled substance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do have controlled substances, not controlled necessarily substances. drugs. Because and we, we pass are, out drugs. Right. I was going to say, that's what I was getting at. Not all of Americans do illegal yeah. drugs, but I would goddamn nearly all of us do drugs of some kind. Well, of some sort. A drug. Uh, something that causes your body to react differently to a normal response. I know where you're going stimuli. with that, Neef. So right. food. And, 
Right. And that's what people yeah. say. Well, Food actually, is a drug technically, too. Yeah. And then technically, they'll say, you know, something that alters your mental state. And I'll say, and I'm like, well, that's yeah. also food too. Because Yeah, mm-hmm. food can do that too. If you're hungry, you're hungry. And that's when, a yeah. state of being. And it's also a mental state. So, because, you know, you're hungry. And when you eat, you change your mental state. So, yeah. you know, you get into that nuance of terminology and that's yeah. where law falls apart. Yep. Nope. That's what you made an excellent point about controlled substances. It's not drugs. It's controlled substances. That's, that's why I always say, you know, you have a victimless crime. Victimless crime is just that. It's, you know, it's like, well, how is that a crime? Where Show me your victim. Yeah. You know? So show me who actually got hurt by what you right. did. I, I, I was possessing this plant in my pocket. I had a plant, a piece of plant in my. Did you pocket. ask the plant if that was okay? You know, but <laughs> if I was holding an apple, eating it, that was not the problem. Yeah, well, apples you did, don't you have did, rights. <laughs> I mean, did did the tree that sure. made that apple get paid for that apple? I, I don't know that, but did you get a consent the form? Apple. They're asking me about the leaf in my pocket. So the tree is the victim. The tree yeah. is the victim here. And you we said need victim to... is climb. I don't see a victim. <laughs> There's a victim here. <laughs> but they're not charging me for the apple. Because apples me. don't have rights. <laughs> apples aren't charging me beans, for the... or at least we can't hear them. They're charging me for the flower in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Uh, who's the victim here? Who's uh, Who are you hurting? You know, and then so they said, well, you're hurting yourself. The fuck no, I am. No, I choose to do it. If I choose well, to do this thing to myself, it kind of goes back into what Alex and I were talking about, about assisted suicide. Right. You know, it's, it's a choice. If you choose to do so, then that's you. Yeah. That's the your life choice. It also Just doesn't like matter if you're hurting drug. yourself. Like you're saying, yeah. like you're saying, B, it doesn't matter if you're hurting yourself. That's your Shout fucking to, decision uh, as an adult. Shout out to late Jack of Orkin, Dr. Jack of Orkin. Hey, yo, Jack of Orkin actually did some good work there. Yeah. Yeah, I know that it's he didn't painter. do what society told him to, no. but he actually Fuck he society. actually was <laughs> he did a lot of good. Yeah. I yeah. And he's a great painter. Great painter. Yeah. Yeah. So, fun times. Well, gentlemen, this has been fun. Yeah, it's yeah, been though, long even, even though they, you know, try to disconnect the sound, I guess I went past some orbital weirdness and got cut out. Oh, oh, yeah. You you passed over that Chinese we were, space. We were on anime, and I never <laughs> even got to say my favorite, which kind of bailed me out, didn't it? <laughs> it kind of did. We, yeah, we, we, it took a macabre dark turn after you got off. <laughs> it, it actually did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I missed on that. I missed on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll probably see it later though. Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a shame that Bob and uh, no one else came back on. Yeah, um, yeah. Next time, we'll, we'll make yeah, it happen. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, for sure. We'll do. <sighs> well, uh, Alice, it's uh, been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Bye, Alice. Bye, Alice.